0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome to Women Who Rock with Success, which is an award-winning show for professional women. We profile a collective of amazing women who are thriving to build their brand. Women are handpicked in various fields who can provide credible information to build your business and lifestyle. We are live each Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, followed by our latest brand, Women Who Rock Investigates. To learn more about us, go to our website at www.womenwhorockwithsuccess.com. Now, let's join our podcast host in the studio, Mrs. Diane Winbush.
1: Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Women Who Rock With Success Media. Thank you for tuning in with us on today. And today we're going to be talking back with um, some more professionals in regards to business branding, and coaching. And so the reason why uh, this is very important, a lot of times individuals will say, well, I can go to Facebook and I can go to LinkedIn and do all of my advertising and building and marketing, and that's true. But when you have a coach to be able to help to guide you, help to think things out when you're worrying, that, that puts the worry on them. And that's the purpose of you hiring a coach um, so they can be able to provide you with a perfect SWOT analysis of your business, and then also they can be able to help guide and coach you throughout the process, determining on how long that you, you know, decide to keep the coach. So to be able to help us to understand a little bit more about coaching and the reason why we need to have this to perfect our business, we have Dr. Robin Buckley, who's in the studio with us, and she's going to be able to take us forward in this interview. So good morning and welcome to Women Who Rock with Success Media.
0: Uh, Thank you so much, Diane. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are excited that you are here as well. So we want, um, first of all, to be able to um, tell us a little bit about you, Um, And then also, kind of what thrived you as well uh, to become a coach, because sometimes we may start out doing one thing, and then we'll say, okay, here's another (laughs) idea where we can be able to help professionals along the way. And then also, I'm able to monetize that where individuals can be able to be effective in their business, and I think I think that's very important. So tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So.
0: Um, The work that I do is with executive females, um, and by executive, I mean, you know, business owners or women who are really starting on transitions into the career that they want and that they love, as well as with professional couples. So I do work both individually as well as with couples, and my journey started, uh, I actually have my my PhD in clinical psychology, so I did the traditional mental health group for a long time. But my transition to becoming a coach, um, although I was trained as a coach in 2005, I didn't actually start doing it full time until about 15 years ago. And it was because mental health is about intervention during crisis. And that never Mm -hmm. made sense to me. That the preventative, proactive approach of coaching is what makes sense. And that's why I do what I do, to help people before there's problems, to help them create a plan and a strategy and really
1: achieve what they want out of their relationships or out of their career. Okay, okay, great. That's wonderful. And so, of course, what I shared at the beginning, at the top of the hour, we you know, of course, we were talking about, you know, sometimes individuals may um, utilize different um other types of resources or sources to be able to mm-hmm. brand and to be able to help them to market and advertise. Right. Uh, but share with the with the listeners uh, the difference in coaching. There's a difference. Simple because, as I stated before, when you have someone to hold your hand, they're there. They take the stress off of what you're trying to do, what you can't do alone by yourself. So share with us a right. little bit about that.
0: Yeah, coaching gives people the opportunity to have that objective space to think in a logical way and have Mm -hmm. someone, you know, guide them because true coaching is about asking the client questions because the client is the expert on their life and on where they want to go Mm -hmm. with their life. But sometimes it's our emotions or fears that get in the way. Mm -hmm. And so a coach ideally that who should be well-trained, who should have some kind of background that, um, Support, it supports mm-hmm. the idea of coaching either through education or training and I love that you're laughing because you know what, what right. I mean by that Diane. It's mm-hmm. the idea mm-hmm. that you're working with someone who is trained to be able to help you get through those cognitive and emotional blocks so you can mm-hmm. start to see the path clearer. I always envision coaching like a, a guide with a machete and the, the, the guide is just clearing the path you know as you're going through the jungle so that you can start uh-huh. to see the path and see where you want to get to.
1: Right, absolutely, because the reason why I did laugh was because anyone can be a coach, but once they're professional, uh, they're certified, they have been trained, it makes a difference. So, take for instance, I'm going to even go oh further and say this. Of course, we have had many of the of coaches on our show, but just think about if mm-hmm. a coach is asked to be able to speak at a TEDx speaker, uh, at a TEDx, TEDx uh, yep. speaking event. It's gonna show whether you've been to school or not. Yeah, it's gonna show in front and of the audience. And first of all, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Dr. No, White. it's so true,
0: and it's funny that you say that because I I just finished my first TEDx talk on in May, so I I know what you're saying <laughs> from from being on that stage, and and mm-hmm. it is so true that what what it's this double-edged sword from a personal perspective. I love that coaching isn't licensed or regulated because then you can do coaching Mm -hmm. wherever, you know, I can work with with couples or individuals internationally. My fear is Mm -hmm. Anybody can do coaching, as you said. So someone with, I'm hoping, just a genuine good heart and did really well in their business now thinks that he or she Mm -hmm. can be a coach. And I'm like, that's not, that's a consultant Mm -hmm. or a mentor. Mm -hmm. That's not a coach. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk to people, I work really hard to educate them, like, work with me or not. Like, obviously, we have to have a rapport, but at least walk away knowing Mm -hmm. what you should ask for to know whether that coach has the training and or education to support what you're investing in
1: absolutely absolutely because as um you know i was stating before it's very very important because you know and sometimes you know we make can pull it off with certain audiences and what have you and there are certain audiences that you're not going to be able to uh, uh, pull it off Uh, you know as you stated it's a difference and, and i'm so thankful that you pointed that out mentor Sometimes we are mentors, we're not a coach. So it's a difference between the, you know, between yes. the two. And then when a person has their credentials, they have their licenses and what have you, in those fields and areas, then you will know that you're getting all that it is that you need versus just right. someone's personal Uh, you know, their personal uh, lifestyle or what have you because people are looking to monetize they're not looking for, you know when you're trying to be a mentor and a coach and you're trying to you know, perhaps maybe co commingle both of the um titles together and you're not gonna be able to do that because someone is gonna get fired and it's gonna be the one that's trying to be yeah. a coach and they're actually a yeah. mentor. So it's very, very important. Right. And so that's the reason why we try to differentiate that on the show, um yeah. and, and mostly of our um audience. They're professional, they're entertainment, arts and and corporate America women, so they know the difference between the two. So, you know, it's yeah. very important that people don't try to co-mingle that together. So wonderful, awesome, um, response. <laughs> so, um, what is the difference between um, uh, 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 couples coaching and couples therapy? Ooh, we're going to talk about yeah. that. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, thank
0: you for that question. It- so, couple therapy is, uh, it, it, it always, um, I always sigh at the beginning because so many people are afraid of couple therapy and I understand why. Couple therapy has a reputation okay. of that last-ditch effort before you get divorced. You, a couple is typically in crisis when they go to therapy. And very often, couples therapy is a a deep dive into the past. And sometimes that is necessary, particularly if there's been infidelity, Mm -hmm. abuse, addiction, or some kind of significant loss, like the loss of a child or someone close to the couple. Couples coaching is a newer idea that not every couple needs therapy. Some couples just need that coaching environment. To be able to get out of the rut they're in, and I don't know about you, Diane, but mm-hmm. I, in my in my marriage, I get we get in rut sometimes. Sometimes things get in the way, or right. we're not paying attention to our relationship enough to be able to really mm-hmm. keep continuing to foster its health. So with couples mm-hmm. coaching, it is not couples in crisis. It's couples who are like, you know what? We know we can be happier. We know we can be more sat- you know satisfied in our relationship, mm-hmm. but we don't know how to do that. And so mm-hmm. couples coaching in general goes from that where are you now in the present what's working and what's not how can we change what's not working and then what do you want to do how do you want to get to the future what kind of relationship do you want in the future my work that I do um, I actually created a proprietary coaching model that focuses on a business framework so when I work with couples we talk about their relationship like a business And from the building blocks and some of the even business references like KPIs and delineation of roles and mission statements. And it really helps frame it in a way that couples can talk about a really personal thing like their relationship from a very objective, strategic perspective.
1: Okay. Okay, great. So we're going to back up a little bit. Um, uh, We're going to kind of sure. put that and a, a pin in that and we're gonna back up and we're gonna <laughs> come back up to the business plan. We wanna talk about that. And so we wanna talk about your coaching business as well. And so we're gonna we're gonna start with the with the facts I guess as to give us three um entry level initiatives or not initiatives or, or like an initial Intake, so someone comes to you and say, "Oh, mm-hmm. Dr. Robin or Dr. Buckley, we want to be able to you to be able to help us to be able to build a business plan. so tell us a little bit about that, and if that is something of a um element that you or a component that you offer um in your coaching business, so tell us about three mm-hmm. about two or three. We don't want to get you to give off all the nuggets <laughs> we have you, but just about two or three different uh, initial intakes, because a lot of our coaches yeah. that they have, that we have on the show, they'll be like, okay, we're going to see, the, first of all, see if we are matched, and that's important. Right. Sometimes people will Absolutely. come to you they are not a perfect, and the coach will sit there right. and take the, they will take the monetizing, but they know that they yeah. cannot be able to help this this yeah. business or this entrepreneur. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, thank you, Ryan. So yeah, the the beginning is all about rapport, and I think that is so essential. And so I will always mm-hmm. do a fifteen to thirty minute um, complimentary st- strategy call where we just uh, usually it's over Zoom so they can actually see me and I can see them, and I talk about my mm-hmm. model. And I do have couples who say, yeah, that I we don't really want to think about our relationship like a business, and and I'll talk about why. And and that but some couples just cannot jump to that. And with a comfort mm-hmm. to, to really start off, and that's okay. They have right. to find mm-hmm. what works for them. The other thing is, I definitely Correct. screen them for those things that I mentioned: so infidelity, loss, addiction, or abuse. Because again, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to mislead anyone. That coaching is therapy; it is not. And I work really hard to delineate the two. And with my background, I, okay. I really can clearly help people understand the difference. So if any of those are going on, I refer them to couples therapists to start there. From there. Mm-hmm if they decide to move forward with me, then typically we start with a values inventory. And it's a really simplistic, actually, your listeners can go to my website and take the values inventory that I use with couples. And it walks couples through, it's it's basically a three-step process of really getting to, at an individual level, what truly are their core values. Now, this is not to then say, oh, your values don't match up, so you have to get divorced. That is certainly not the idea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's seeing where the couple is aligned and where they're not aligned. And the beauty of being not aligned right. in, in all the areas of the values is then you, you kind of broaden what the values are and what each individual is bringing to the relationship. So it does not have to be a perfect match. It's like, okay, exactly. that's your value system. That's what you bring into the relationship. And yours is different, but then that's great because then you add that. It's like creating a perfect recipe sometimes. And when the values misalign or are in direct conflict, that's where some great conversations can happen in terms of strategy. How do we build that into your your business plan for your marriage or for your relationship mm-hmm. so that they don't create conflict, so that they can work to create a stronger foundation for the relationship rather than eroding the relationship? So once we establish the conversation around values, then the, one of the activities that I love most is I will ask couples, so, you know, do you have a mission statement? And very often couples will say, oh, yeah, at work, yeah, I have a mission statement. I know what my organization is about or what my business is. I'm like, no, no, we're not here about that. What is your mission statement right. for your relationship? And I always get, like, the deer yeah. in the headlights look. And I look at them, I'm like, all right, well, tell me why you have a mission statement for your business or your organization. And they can rattle off, you know, provides a North Star, and everybody is aligned around the one core direction and, you know, all the good things about mission statements. And my question back to them is always, then why don't you have that in your relationship? And there's my couples are so wonderful. They're like, I don't know. Why don't we have a mission statement? And I'm like, exactly. Wow. So then they get to work on that. They get to do what I usually ask them to do is individually write in uh, mission statements. And I, I have a worksheet that I can walk them through to kind of help them. But then the beauty is mm-hmm. then they come together to create a unified mission statement. And it isn't just something that gets put on the wall like in a lot of organizations. They're on the walls, everybody, and nobody ever reads them. The mission statement to me becomes a tool, and it's a tool that then they, they have actually, whether they put it on their monitor or a lot of my couples put it on their phones, and they use it in those moments almost as a litmus test of, is what I'm doing supporting the relationship? And if you don't mind, I'll give you an example, Diane, so it's really clear to right. your listeners. Right, go, ahead. go ahead. The, One of the couples that I've worked with recently, um, there was a, a trip where they were going to go visit the husband's parents, And the husband's family was this Italian, like very much like communicative, Mm touchy-feely, very extroverted family. The wife was as far from that as possible. She was a true, true introvert. And um, so there was always tension when they would go visit his family because she just, it, it wasn't a place of comfort. And it ended up that it would roll over to fights between the husband and wife. So Mm -hmm. on this trip, they had been working with me a while. They had created their mission statement. It was on their phones, And she said, Robin, I got to tell you, we went, and it was day three of a week-long trip, and I could just feel myself starting to just, like, get really tense. I was starting to get kind of snarky with my husband, taking it out on Mm -hmm. him. She's like, and when I saw the look on his face, she's like, I excused myself, went into the bathroom, and I sat there. She's like, for five minutes, and I just kept rereading the mission statement and reminding me, this is who we are, that the extended family, yes, is, is part of our life, but it's not who we are as a couple, mm-hmm. and that my reactions were not going to support what we were about as a couple. And so she said, once I got that in my head, I was able to walk out, and when I could feel myself reacting, say, nope, that's, that's not going to support our mission statement, so I'm not going to react that way. That's where the mm-hmm. mission statement becomes this dynamic tool, and that's what I work with couples you know, throughout all the work we do, creating tools and strategies that actually are so concrete, just like in business, that it pushes that envelope to the success they really want.
1: Wow. Okay, wow. <laughs> that's the only thing I can say. We have a managed <laughs> uh, a conference that's coming up uh, Saturday, and then we have, we're have we going to climax it on uh, that following Tuesday. Uh and I really mm-hmm. wish I could have got you on here uh, as, as <laughs> one of the panelists because this is so amazing. Because sometimes, uh, you know, we don't never think about that business plan yeah. in a relationship, no. mission statement, yep. and then we have to stick to it yep. just like a business professional would have to stick yes. to it in a, yes. um, you know, in their business in order to make it work. Yeah. Wow, it's funny because I could,
0: so many. Go ahead. This, this model came out of all the women I was working with. And eventually we would, you know, e- even though they were there for their careers, they would talk about their relationships. Right. And I kept bringing them back to, well, tell me, you know, if you're having conflict with a with a coworker, how would you handle it at work? And these women could tell me exactly how they would do it and what they would do to make it effective and work. And I would say to them, if they didn't already realize it, why can't you use those same skills at home? And I think that's where the mm. breakdown is for a lot of people. We don't think about, hey, what am I good at? I can do these things at work, and I do them flawlessly as a leader or as a worker, you know, whatever role it might be. Why can't I translate some of those into my relationship to have the similar kind of success? And like you said, using some of these business strategies that you don't have to have your, you know, and you know, your degree from Harvard to apply simple mm-hmm. business strategies like annual reviews, like KPIs. These ideas that can help structure the relationship, again, and, and some people will argue me, like, oh, but, you know, marriage is about love and sexual attraction. I'm like, uh-uh. mm-hmm. those are the bells and whistles. Mm-mm. If you don't have a strong foundation, right. those are going to go away. So if you have a strong right. foundation, the sexual attraction and the love are only going to get better. But you need that foundation first.
1: Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. So we want to kind of talk about uh, uh, proprietary uh, model. And so now uh, when it comes to that, um, how can couples use that into their relationship? Yeah, so what ends up happening
0: is after couples work with me, and, and there's no set time. You know, some couples literally come in, they work with me for uh, new couples. Uh, new, to, new to my practice will come in and they'll mm-hmm. work with me three sessions and they're good to go. Some need more time. A lot of my repeat couple, uh, couples are the ones that have worked with me, got to a good place, and then they come back because either they want booster sessions. They're like, you yeah, know, we just want to check in once a year, make sure we're on the right path. Again, just like you would with your PCP, just like you do with your boss at work for your annual reviews, make sure we're still doing the things that make our relationship strong and make sure we have a plan for anything that is undermining our relationship. And, um, so when they leave after their initial work with me, they walk out with a black and white electronic business plan. So over the week wow. they work with me, I'm, I'm creating a Google doc that I share with a couple that they continue to add to reference, just like you do in business. And so there is, mm-hmm. a, and as one of one, um, a wife that I was working with a couple just yesterday, she said, it's so great because when I can't remember something, I just check the notes and it's, it's something that helps me remind me of the strategies in between our sessions with you. And I'm like, exactly. It's not something that you have to like retain in memory because when couples are trying to figure things out, sometimes it's hard to remember and you fall back on those old practices that, or habits that are not beneficial. So um, that's what couples walk away with, a concrete plan for their relationship or marriage. Okay.
1: Wow. Okay. And so um, here's another question. Um, yeah. What are some ways to, uh, for? I guess I don't know. I don't. I don't want to. I'm going to say something, and it may be a little far fetched. And sometimes it okay. may be women. Sometimes can be kind of a little bit over toxic. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes we can be a little bit over toxic. Sometimes we can overthink things. Sometimes I guess I don't know if it's because mm-hmm. of its emotional or what have you, or it could mm-hmm. be something in in the in the fact that <clears throat> you know women w- wear a lot of hats. We're mothers. We're we're mm-hmm. wives. We, you know, yeah. we we, uh, we work nine to five or whatever the the occupation may be, and then we go to the grocery store, and then we have to do laundry. Yeah. We have to do a lot of things more than me, and have to be yeah. We're told and to so. do it all, do it all. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I guess. Um, that's going to be the next question. What are some of the ways to eliminate the imposter syndrome? Because uh, that kind of stuck out <laughs> with me right there about the syndrome part. Yeah. I think sometimes we as women, we do have syndrome issues. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I think we captured a couple different things in, in your question. So with women, I think actually it's interesting. So with with, with uh, people who identify as female, I, I see that my the model works because it helps them compartmentalize their emotions. And I think that's challenging for a lot of women that our Mm -hmm. emotions are just Mm -hmm. not part of how we exist. And so when we start to talk about, you know, problems in a marriage, it becomes very emotional. But when people talk to me, we talk about pain points. What's the pain point in the relationship? And just the change in terminology creates that objective space. So women have this ability then to not have these emotional reactions that get in the way of them communicating effectively, thinking strategically, Mm -hmm. all of that. Men or people Mm -hmm. who identify as male, they resonate with the model because it isn't as emotional, because they're not as comfortable with (laughs) expressing their emotions. And so that, again, objective, strategic Mm place aligns with who they are anyway. And they're like, okay, good, I can do this. So it works from both Mm -hmm. sides. Now, the imposter syndrome, oh my goodness, you are talking a topic that I think comes up every time I sit down with most, most female clients. That idea mm-hmm. of the imposter syndrome, and it so dominates female existence. And I think it is because of the reason you said, Diane, that we are told we can have it all. But the problem is, the expectation in society is, okay, that means you can do all the old things women you know, were raised to do and our standards and norms of what being a woman is. And you can do all the new things. Instead of saying, okay, but what do you Mm -hmm. really want? And you don't, you can't, you literally can't do it all, all at the same time. So the imposter syndrome, the one biggest strategy I have women do is what I call a resume review. And what that is, is depending on how bad the imposter syndrome is. So it might be a daily activity, it might be a weekly activity, but they sit down and for five minutes, whether weekly or daily, They create a folder, again, either electronic or hard copy, of all the things that they've accomplished. So it might be degrees or certifications. It might be Mm -hmm. reviews from customers or employers. It might be annual reviews. It might be thank you notes. Whatever it is, they have it in this folder and and, and their actual resume as well. And they review it Mm -hmm. to remind their brain, oh, no, I'm not an imposter. I've actually done all this stuff and i actually can be in the room doing those things because of all this because if we don't give our brain the data to combat those feelings of fear and insecurity then our brains just going to keep going to it like yep yep nope we're not supposed to be doing this we're not supposed to be here but if we Mm -hmm. remind it on a regular basis then your brain can say oh wait a minute no we we have our degree or look at the amazing things that our clients have said about us so if we don't give our brain contrary facts it's going to keep going to the insecurity and that's how women can start to anybody but certainly women can start to reduce that
1: imposter syndrome very effectively okay okay so what would you like to leave uh robin or Dr. Robin, uh, with the audience Mm -hmm. on today in regards to the relationship coaching because we talked about a lot of things today. We have unpacked about the business plan (laughs) model, wow. And then we've also uh, uh, unpacked about the mission statement, wow, we can take these things that we learn in the office and then we can also apply them to our relationship. I've never heard of that before. We have had hundreds of coaches on the show <laughs> and this is my first time ever hearing something I like that. So that is so wonderful. I hear that a lot. So, so tell <laughs> us. Yeah, yeah. It is so unique. And see, I like uh, that when a professional goes beyond. The, 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 the norma- normality Of you know, mm-hmm. you know Doing things I'm going to do it because This is the way she's doing it or this is the way I learned it in the textbook right. or, or I right. saw this on YouTube or what have you Sometimes individuals are Crafted and structured just for a specific Way of how to do things but They take it in a different um, uh, You know in a different um, Perspective so individuals Can still be able to win and For even in the relationship right. but then As a professional business model as well So we want you to be able to share that Put your last uh, uh, point of view and perspective. That's what you want to share with the audience. And then also include any books that you have published uh, where the listeners can be able to go and find and pick up there and then your social media handles. You can be able to share that as to how they can be able to follow you. And then you can also be able to share your website of any upcoming uh, 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 master classes that you may be sponsoring for the uh, community or for the public. And they can also be able to participate as well.
0: Awesome. So I'll start with the easy one, the social media handles. I try and make it easy for everybody. It's just Dr. Robin Buckley, all one word. So D R R O B I N B U C K L E Y. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and God help me. My kids convinced me to be on TikTok, but I don't do anything cute or funny on TikTok. It's just my video. So um, when it comes to, and my website is the same, drrobinbuckley.com. Here's what I want to leave your your listeners with. This is the most important part. Mm -hmm. I challenge the Mm -hmm. notion that marriage is hard work. I was raised with that concept, and I just don't Mm -hmm. buy it. I don't think marriage is hard work. I think marriage is a choice about being diligent, conscientious, and dedicated to the health of the relationship. That's different because when you you say marriage is hard work, it doesn't feel like that's a choice. The choice is either being married or being divorced. I think there's an in-between of, nope, it's a choice that every day you contribute somehow to that relationship. Again, just like you do at work. If you went into work and you just sat around, you're not contributing and you'd be gone. But yet many couples just assume now we're married and that's it. And yeah, our date nights every once in a while, that'll maintain the relationship. It's a daily choice Mm -hmm. to do something to contribute to that commitment. That's not hard work that is simply what you want and everybody can have the relationship they want if they can clearly articulate it and then find a partner who is going to work to do the conscientious dedicated time to make that relationship what they want
1: okay okay great any books or any publication you would like to share
0: sure I've, I've been published a lot in entrepreneur.com all of my press is on my webpage. I have two other books. Uh, One is called Voices from the Village, and it's advice for girls on the verge of adulthood. And then I just published a children's book just for fun called The Thinking Spot. It actually just came out this week. Both of those are on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And then my final one is I'm in the process of creating another book called Voices Through the Glass Ceiling. And it's women offering advice to young women on the verge of their careers. So that is a link that you can find on my website if any of your listeners want to contribute their own experiences to support the next generation of female leaders.
1: Okay, great. Wonderful, Robin. We thank you so much for being with uh, us on the day. Women Who Rockets, you can come on back here with us at 10 o'clock, and then you're going to meet us back here at 11 o'clock. We've got some some, um, singers, artists, there's uh, entertainment that's Ready and lined up for you, so we're going to learn a bit about them. But today you learned about on this episode was about relationship, and it's very, very important because we don't want to jump from point A to point F without going through L. B, B, e, so, thank <laughs> you, Robert. Thank you so much for being our guest for the day. We hope to have Dan, you back. Dan, thank you. Me. This is this is awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too.
0: There's a lot of punch packed into this Bronco Sport. It's got a ton of horsepower. I love it. All right, now we're getting hairy. Now we're, we're getting in. The fun stuff. Yeah. I like how we can get over or around almost anything. Yeah, I did your ride. <laughs> I super dig it. It's going to be a good day.